What's going on, fam? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Gladia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. What's hey, up, we, fam? We, we having it on a, on a Friday, Wednesday, you know, uh, had some things come up, but we're here for you guys. Uh, this should yep. be a really fun conversation. But of course, show some love, uh, subscribe, hit the like button, follow us on the IG, and uh, you know, make sure to also post your questions throughout the conversation. Um, but today's episode uh, is going to be really insightful in in terms of what how flexible real estate is and all the different exit strategies. Uh, but we're going to focus solely on commercial real estate and sort of what tips and um kind of uh what things that we would recommend uh in in terms of our experience uh if you guys are interested in getting into commercial real estate and the different strategies that different investors use so should be really fun um but yeah i know um tim you've been uh you know in you've dabbled already in in commercial real estate so um kind of like dig us into the, like the first tip that you recommend um yeah kind of how um... you've have how you use that in your experience i know uh you know people think commercial real estate is um kind of daunting just because you're dealing with office buildings or you're dealing with um you know uh retail uh buildings so it it, it just all depends so um you know there's different ways to get started in commercial real estate and uh we what I would say is since there's so many opportunities in uh, commercial real estate, just like there is in residential, mm -hmm. I always say kind of niche down, like focus on something that um, you think you would be interested in, whether it be office buildings, multifamily, industrial, or, um, you know, retail, right? So um, commercial real estate can, in, you know, involve all of those. <clears throat> excuse me and then um so i would just see what you want to concentrate on and it, depending right. on who you network and we'll talk about this a little bit later but who you network with um you know kind of will define on you know some of the some of the different types of properties that and different asset classes that you you have within your your niche that you have so that's right. kind of the first you know strategy and tip that I would give out is, you know, kind of niche down and try to understand where, where you want to go in the commercial real estate um, uh, industry. Yeah. And like, like you said, I think many people uh, starting out, uh, unless they come in with some sort of experience, sometimes they just go straight to commercial real estate. Um, but sometimes, you know, for novice people who are just brand new, it can be really daunting, like, taking even like wholesaling right people mm -hmm. don't even think it's real or it's mm -hmm. like you know people think it's a spam a scam so right. um you know whatever direction you want to go you can you don't have to go straight into commercial real estate or you can if unless you have somebody that uh it's kind of serves as like a mentor or you just kind of network and again we'll, we'll talk about that but um but i think wholesaling in general is a really great vehicle because it kind of opens um, your mind to what's what's possible and a lot of the way things are formatted in these real estate transactions are very similar to the way it's formatted um, for commercial real estate and maybe we can kind of dig into a case study of like what you've what you've closed I know you closed a hotel deal last mm -hmm. year and then you're working on some in, an industrial deal and some other stuff um, but like like we talk about even whenever you you're looking to market in anything um, it's important to identify what area you want to focus on. You don't mm -hmm. want to focus on several things at once. Um, it's good to just narrow down on, okay, I want to be the best in like hotel or hospitality or industrial or storage, whatever the case may be, like just become an expert in that. And then like everything else should kind of like be a lot easier because you've kind of established yourself in, in that one uh, category. Right. Um, I think that's 100 percent correct. Uh, I think, um, you know, uh, you know, with the deal that I did, I first kind of dabbled in to, uh, uh, you know, more of the multifamily first. And right. then, um, you know, latter part of the year, I got involved into a hotel deal. And um, and that was a little bit different because um, there was brokers involved and 
different parties from the buyers and sellers. So, you know, um, the good thing about, you know, when you have a deal and you are sourcing both and you know both um, of the parties, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to do the deal because the negotiation is a little bit easier because you can um, protect basically both sides and get people to come to a common ground on what they want in regards to the deal going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really important. That's why um, the aspect of networking and getting to know your investors and getting to know um, your brokers are very important because um, if you can control the deal and you're, you're basically the middleman, I mean, you're not the broker, but you're not right. um, the investor, but you're almost the advisor in this situation to where you've, you've done the underwriting in those um, type of deals. So you mm-hmm. know exactly, you know, if it is a deal, um, what the criteria the buyer wants, you know, and then, you know, a lot of these things with uh, different commercial comes in the tenant um, rights and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, here in California, you know, a lot of people are trying to, um, especially in commercial is just protect the tenants a little bit, but, uh, you know, as a landlord, you know, coming in as an investment, they want to protect themselves. Right. So right. there's a lot of different aspects when you look into it, but, um, in regards to the hotel deal, it's all about, who's going to manage it, you know, are they going to keep the management company? Because on hotel deals, it's breaking down different ways. So you may own the building, but um, you don't do the day-to-day management, right? Unless maybe right. it's a boutique, right? So they, yeah. they, they'll do, they'll hire a third party. And that's where, you know, brand names come in like Marriott or, you know, Lowe's or any of those, they'll come in, put their name on top, but they are, they manage everything inside the hotel, right? right. So, so there's a lot of different aspects on that. Um, and then are there other investors involved as well too? How do they get paid out, um, you know, on the deal in maybe three to five years? Um, so there's there's got to be some kind of exit plan in regards to other investors getting involved besides the one a probably bigger investor that's that's there right and then mm-hmm. what i realized too there's a lot of debt um a financing so they may put in x amount but the rest is debt financing so they want to make sure that um you know basically that property is bankable right and um and you do that all through underwriting and making sure that the tenant is actually making money in within that property as well too so so i think um there's a lot of factors and i, I was kind of thrown in the fire and i learned on the way just like I, I i did on wholesaling right right um you know you learn the blueprint but when you start getting into doing it there's a lot of whole lot of new things that come about and you're like whoa uh, yeah how do i do this or you know what what's the next step yeah, and I think it's important too to have um, the right sort of people around you as well um, that do it the right way or kind of know what they're doing as well. Uh, I mean, you talked about before like how your your connection to um, the family office and how that kind of helped you uh, navigate towards um, showing you the ropes essentially, uh, and just the same with wholesaling and how like Chris kind of showed right. us the ropes, showed us a blueprint. Um, but I don't think many people think about when you look, I mean, knowing what I know now, I look at things a lot different, uh, you know, buildings, hotels, like mm-hmm. nobody thinks when, when you see like a Hilton or Marriott Hyatt, you think like, okay, they own the building and you know, they have this and that, but a lot of times, no, like it's an invest a set of investors that own the building. And then, like you said, they hire uh, a third another a tenant basically so we don't consider mm-hmm. the marriott or uh, lowe's as tenants right like mm-hmm. you know because it's such mm-hmm. a big brand like home depot right. stuff like that although mcdonald's is a little bit unique in that sense isn't it mm-hmm. like don't they they own the land they own they own the land yeah yeah and then they uh, um they have the franchisees pay them you know uh for that land basically you know you rent mm-hmm. out the land 
to them. Right. So, so which yeah. is a smart what, what concept. What was that movie? Yeah. What's that movie where it goes over like the McDonald's? Uh, the founder. Yeah, that's definitely With a really the- good movie to like kind of mm-hmm. give you a glimpse because again, McDonald's is a huge brand, but we don't consider them like a real estate power horse but they really are i mean they own lands everywhere um but you think of starbucks they're a tenant um Mm -hmm. and they're specific uh investors that look like look for specific those sort of tenants so if the building fits that criteria say a restaurant it's maybe it's a rundown drive-through restaurant maybe a jack-in-the-box or you know a carl's jr would be interested um so that's where uh you know you have to be kind of creative uh mm-hmm. just based off my experience and like the pe- people i've talked to uh in commercial real estate because there's not really any guidelines or rules like you can kind of make up your own rules um you you kind of get creative in terms of what's like how how the the um transaction is laid out like who's paid out um how to find like a buyer um stuff like that because they're they're out there uh you just have to kind of use your connections or mm-hmm. just be a little uh or think outside the box when it comes with right. that right right and that's and it kind of goes back to the first tip was that you know when you niche down you kind of you're starting to understand like the different asset classes like you mentioned starbucks and you know they're they're like a class a tenant because they they lease for like 10 to 15 years and they've done their research on the you know the population in that area how much foot traffic they can they're going to get so it's an ideal situation for them um to to get that building where where they want to be right so um they're not in the business of real estate like mcdonald's is but um, they understand the concept and how they can make money, you know, just leasing out a building or just a retail space, like in, you know, the mall or something like that too. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, and going into the second tip, which is learning your market again, this is a lot of these tips. It's very, you can apply it to any real estate strategy, <clears throat> not necessarily commercial real estate. Like we can dig, we can, talk about um wholesaling or uh even fix and flip like you know it's it's the kind of the same blueprint used but it's learning your market knowing who like the players are in those markets like we talked about earlier like okay if i want to go into hospitality these are the specific investors that invest in hotels or you know whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be um i think we mentioned like knowing who is uh building what and where uh again that's also another way to network uh there's construction sites everywhere so it's always stopping in and um just kind of presenting yourself and introducing yourself and and you just kind of seeing like oh who's you know who's running this kind of stuff um and uh, people don't really think about, it, but these would kind of be your partners or investors on like your next deal um, and, and identifying, like knowing the numbers in your market. I mean, we talk about that mm-hmm. in wholesaling as well is like, if you don't know the ARV or like what, um, you know, retail, like once all fixed up, like what, what the value of the, uh, the homes in specific areas, you don't really know your market. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding like, okay, and, and the hospitality, like if we're just going to stick to that example, okay, in this area, um, we're seeing hotels go from this to that. Um, and these sort of investors, uh, it's just kind of finding a common ground or uh, a pattern as well. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, and, and knowing your market is, um, uh, really key because, if you drive around your area or the market that you're in, you're going to see construct major construction for commercial buildings, uh, office facilities, you know, even um, storage units like you talked about earlier. So um, just being aware and then, you know, researching that, you know, uh, permits for these constructions are public knowledge, right? Yeah. So you can look at uh, who's actually building it, who owns that particular um project you know so uh, where would you find that so you can because any uh any permits that you have to pull are going to be for for the city and Mm -hmm. for the county um in that area so you would have to go to the city website and then you would you know kind of research they kind of bury it uh within the website or you can go you know um to um you know the 
uh, the courthouse as well. They have different areas in, in, um, and then uh, within your government as well too. So mostly it's going to be on the website and uh, some of these, and you have to research like how long does it take to get a permit? Cause I know like in Malibu uh, it takes, you know, close to a year or, you know, just to get a permit to get approved just to build what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so there's different cities in different areas have different, permit uh, regulations right so that's why you know a lot of people are like you know in that industry they try to vote for people that are going to help them try to build more assets and invest in more assets in in a way in an easier way right mm, mm -hmm. so that's why they they tried to um it, it gets a little political in that sense like new york it's all about the unions, right? So, you know, if you're having trouble to uh, in building something and you, or you're not good with any of the unions, you're not going to build anything in New York, right? So, right. so there's a lot of, um, you know, different aspects in different cities that you have to account for. But you won't know that until you start you know, doing your research, start kind of diving in, talking to other people about it that are already in that business and you know just kind of uh dabble and it's okay to say that hey i'm doing some research i'm thinking about getting into commercial real estate you know and people are going to start talking to you about that right and mm -hmm. and you're going to learn more from that and it doesn't necessarily you have to jump right in um and learn everything all, all at once but you know it's just good to talk about it, share that you're trying to learn it, learn about it and be humble about it because it's something that you want to pursue and people are going to be open to you about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that kind of goes into our last uh, our third tip, uh, which is networking, right, with other um well, we specifically can say brokers, commercial brokers, but it's just networking with other investors and we kind of talked about this last week with um how to find cash buyers, the same thing. Uh, you can use LinkedIn, Facebook, any of the so any social media outlets to network with these people. Just kind of like look around. Like, so if it's like LA area, maybe you want to filter and just type in like commercial brokers or commercial uh, or hospitality um, or I don't know, uh, maybe Tim, you've kind of done it on your end. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's just kind of doing a little research there. I'm like, who can I get in touch with? Because, um, I mean, you mentioned in New York having those connections and network um, with uh, unions, it's the same way. I mean, how do you think certain big time investors get things passed in law? Cause you know, they have connections to, um, you know, the government, uh, mm -hmm. per se, and to, to kind of speak on their behalf or they, you know, they do some, uh, fund fundraising and stuff mm -hmm. like that to get things passed so that they can build, um, whatever they want. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really powerful having a, a strong network, that you can access to. Um, and again, like for you, like networking with this family office or a couple family offices, uh, it's kind of open doors uh, to, to those, to the different um, industries within mm -hmm. uh, real estate. Yeah. And uh, one thing is, is that is a key thing, especially in your neighborhood. Like if someone's building something and they had to get a permit for that, they, the city is, going to tell them you have to let the public know in that area that you're building something whether you they have a you know um what do they call it um you know where they talk to the community um about the project and so go to those meetings because then you're actually meeting the people that are actually building uh, a project and that's where you can talk to them more about what other projects that they're working on you know, and uh, just learn about that process because, you know, they they have to get a certain uh, amount of approval or just notice to the residents because the residents have the right to ask questions about uh, what they're building there. Um, and, you know, it's, especially in a smaller city, um, the the residents in that area might not want a... In, you know, Amazon to come in there, right? Right, right. And for some reason, they might not want, because it might um, bring more people to attention to that city 
and they want it to be more hometown, small knit community type of thing. They don't want big business coming in there to kind of ruin, you know, their, their city or something like right. that, but it, it yeah. happens, you know? So, um, it, it, so you just have to kind of, you know, watch out for those things. And because there'll be notices, they'll give out, send out notices in the neighborhood that they're, yeah. they're building something. Right. So, I, I used to get that in, um, when I lived in Oakland, uh, there's been a ton of gentrification done there over the last even five years. Um, and I remember at the apartment comp, like we received a note, a notice saying like, Hey, we're going to be building an apartment complex next door. Uh, yada, 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 you know, it just kind of goes through, but that, you know, you kind of ha have to, like, like you said to have, cause you kind of want the residents on your side and it does vary. Sometimes the residents, uh, they don't, um, they, they don't have a choice either way. Cause you know, it's whatever it's been passed, the permit's been accepted. Um, but it doesn't mean that, you know, cause especially, um, in those major cities where gentrification is happening and like rents are so high. So it's like a San Francisco Bay area, Oakland, you have, you have people like fighting for, um, housing rights mm -hmm. saying like, Hey, like, why are we building this for, uh, as they say, like, for wealthy people, I can't, I wouldn't even be, uh, be, be able to afford this. Um, we should be building, you know, X, Y, and Z or affordable housing, uh, you name it. Um, so I've, I've seen a ton of protests or um, just rallies uh, against these sort of things. So it's also kind of knowing, uh, and I'm sure, you know, certain investors are kind of used to it uh, that, you know, if they're building some, mm -hmm. something, they know there's going to be resistance. So that's also something to keep in mind. Um which is really interesting uh, in these sort of bigger markets mm -hmm. where, you know, the inflation is so yeah. high, but the wages uh, are low for, for people that, you know, are just working uh, nine to five. So um, some, definitely something to think about. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as we deal with bigger deals, that's something that is probably quite common. Yeah. I think uh, you're spot on there because I, you know, these companies know, the ratio between, you know, how much affordable living uh, their building needs to have in order to actually get it passed through the city, right? So because, you know, especially here in California, there's regulations on new builds, especially in certain neighborhoods, it has to be a certain amount percentage of doors that are affordable housing, and the rest could be, you know, market rents at that, at that point, or right. they could do senior living, uh, for a portion of the the development, and then the rest be you know apartment buildings. So, so it's just different ways around the the policies. But you know, uh, I think and they have it down to a kind of a science. And you know, they built relationships and they built, you know, um, they built these huge buildings or uh, different uh, commercial um, real estate up uh for years right so they've been doing it for a long time so they kind of know the ins and outs of what to do mm -hmm. it's just you know you're not you know you're not going to do like a 400 you know unit apartment complex on your first first kind of commercial deal you may can get involved in that like get a piece of that but like don't go into commercial real estate saying that you're the one that's actually going to develop that, right? Um, <laughs> right? You know, because you haven't even got your feet wet on <clears throat> understanding everything that needs to be done. So even, you know, I, if you're thinking about it and you want to go maybe work for a company that does that, that's, that's an opportunity too. Um, you know, just to get your feet wet and learn the ins and outs of that. That's something else. But, you know, uh, I know most of the people watching this, and, or listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs and they're trying to expand their business. So, and commercial real estate is an option for them and that they're interested in. So, so yeah. I think that, you know, by, you know, following these kind of tips is gives you an easier way of entry into commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I figured, you know, going through these tips, maybe we can kind of break down one of the, the deals that you complete, or maybe one that is in progress. Maybe we can do the hospitality one since that's something that you closed last year. Uh, kind of like take us through what that process from 
conception, I guess, to like, you know, the end deal, like how you got paid um, and what, what, mm -hmm. what you kind of learned from it. So on that one, it was the seller was an um, older owner. He had two properties, um, uh, hospitality properties that he wanted to um, uh, sell. And um, so this bigger um, company that invests in hospitality all throughout the United States and you know, internationally as well, wanted to um, look into that. So from a standpoint of me and the relationship with the family office, they they had the relationships on both sides. Mm. So the, the agent the, or broker on the seller side had communicated to us that like he's kind of shopping and he's it's not on the market, but he's really wanting to retire in Florida, you know, sell these and retire in Florida. That's his goal because <clears throat> his kids don't want it. You know, there's no kind of generational wealth uh, passing down. He just wants to cash out and, and retire. And so we like, so we said, okay. And then we had another conversation with a couple other hospitality groups that were possibly interested, but this bigger one was really interested in, in that process and wanted that property. They already, they did their due diligence and we helped them do due diligence to make sure that each of those properties or hospitality properties were a fit for them. Mm -hmm. And one was and one wasn't. So they said no to one and then yes to the other. And um, so we we had several meetings back and forth on, <clears throat> you know, because when you think about has hospitality, um, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors. So you think, think about going into a hotel, right? You'll see like amenities, right? So you'll see restaurants, coffee right. shops you'll see a spa, right? And um, so all of those things are um, uh, leased out within the building, right? Um, they're, not, they're not managed by, let's say, the Hilton or the Marriott, right? Right. So um, the spa is, is leased from another spa company, right? The restaurant Who manages leased... them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so... So it could be a spa owner that's trying to expand and they, they get the contract to be in that, you know, hospitality. So, right. so it, oh, and there's companies out there that just focus on hospitality spa, right? right. So, um, so they'll say, hey, we'll come in, manage and lease out that space and provide that service for this hotel, right? Um, and then, you know, some of the bigger ones have their in-house departments for that, but mostly it's you know outsourced restaurants outsourced right so um the restaurant in there uh a company will come in and say hey i want to be the restaurant that represents uh the lows right so so they'll come in and they'll lease that part so all of those pieces um go back to the owner of the building right so um and a lot of that and then with the hotel bookings and reservations, and that's all profit sharing uh, with the owner. So as they as they make money, the owner makes money as well too, along with the the lease. So right. he they're making money hand over fist on these. That's why hospitality is like is huge. Um, right. But um, the the one thing on this deal was is that you know, we kind of did all the due diligence and then also the underwriting on this deal. So um, our involvement wasn't uh, as much of sourcing, trying to source an investor for this deal because we already had one. And right. um, so the deal went pretty, pretty, pretty fast. And we, there were six people involved in the deal. Um, I believe it was like $35 million for the sale of that property. And then, so there was a commission split and then we just split, split it basically six ways on, on that because um, the bro broker agent contacted us because we knew that we had several buyers um, for them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, the buyer's agent for the company, um, you know, was able to 
you know, for us to have source a great property for them because they were looking for something. So it was it, it, it was a great opportunity and it wasn't like a lot of work. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. in wholesaling, it just works like, you know, you you find a, a seller and then they want on a contract then you find a buyer. And, you know, there's some, uh, you know, in between work that needs to be done. But when it, everything goes kind of smoothly, um, you know, you close in 30 days, no problem with title, all that stuff like that. Right. It's the same way in like the hospitality, you know, usually some of the bigger deals kind of close pretty fast, you know, that within 30 days or sooner, some might be 90 days, depending on the complexity or if it's a land deal or development deal. Right. So, um, but on this one, it closed like within 30 days and, um, I wasn't, I didn't know it was closing on this one uh, on the date. I just knew that it, we had a closing date, but um, we were involved in some other projects. So I, I was like, uh, when it hit the account, I was like, what the heck? What, what, what's this? And then, so I had called my business partner and she had told me, she's like, Oh, that deal closed. I forgot to tell you that <laughs> it, we're going to do that. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's, that's amazing. And, it, you know, it was it went so smoothly that we only had about, you know, a handful of calls, especially the handful of calls that I was on. Right. right. So there might have been some um, back and forth on um, some deal points uh, on the contract here and there at the beginning. But that that deal was it was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. So but I learned a lot like, you know, with the whole hospitality and, you know, um, all the expenses and, and, um, you know, the financials that go into that. And I really didn't understand, like, I just thought like the Hilton owned the whole thing, you know, they didn't, they, they right. didn't lease out the building or they didn't lease out, you know, certain areas of, of services. So, so it was, it, it was really interesting to learn. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, to go that, um, in, into detail and be in those rooms or be in those calls where, uh, you know, you, you said it was like a 60 million or something like that. Uh, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, to just have that firsthand experience where not many people really get a chance or it, it takes a little bit longer, right. To, right. to do that. Um, and that's, what's kind of cool about the opportunities that you're running into is, is it's uh, it's not always the same kind of deal every time. Mm -hmm. It's like, you mm -hmm. may be dealing with uh, maybe multifamily on one end, like a, you know, hundred plus units, thousand units, or you may be dealing with uh, industrial, like one that mm -hmm. you're working on, or in another case, it may be something else or land development. Right. Um, so, you know, every, every deal that comes, across your path, you're able to kind of add that to your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same way too, with like wholesaling, right? Like, yeah, so it's, 100%. you got, for those listening, like, I mean, you guys are kind of catching that pattern where it's like, no matter what strategy you're, you're using, it's all kind of the same thing. Um, where, you know, every deal that you close, you become an expert in that, mm -hmm. you know, some people talk about probates or, um, uh, co-violation like you know once you go through it you're like okay I know how, you know if this comes up again I know how to how to deal with it now not every deal is going to be the same way maybe not every hospitality deal will be ran the same way but right you still have like um, the foundation of, of what what it takes to close a, a specific deal yeah and you know it's it's definitely a learning process and i know teaming up with the family office they understood that you know uh on my end but you know i provide value because i understand the concept of kind of um you know underwriting a deal in regards to making sure that you know there's some grunt work that needs to be done collecting right. all the financials making sure all the financials are right. If we don't have the right ones is communicating with them and making sure that they have, um, you know, give it to us and then um, analyzing those and then presenting it to the buyer. Um, they'll do their own due diligence as well, but um, you know, we're the kind of the front lines of, okay, their financials aren't really good. So this is what we kind of need to ask for, um, you know, based on, what we received from them and some of the deals aren't really deals you know we're thinking they're deals but right. and some some of these bigger and bigger 
investors may not care sometimes if it's a deal or not. They care about uh, acquiring that property for, maybe for tax purposes, right? right? Or they might be acquiring that for future um, revenues that they can pass on to their children, right? So, um, or they, you know, they look at the bigger picture instead of the smaller picture sometimes. And so that's why like any deal that you kind of get under contract could be something that could possibly fit any kind of bigger investor, depending on where their investment strategy is currently. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important to network uh, and get Mm -hmm. to know the investors or buyers um, cause you just never know, um, what they may be in like checking in with them on a regular basis. I know Tim, you do a good job of, of, um, just checking in and be like, Hey, how's it going? And then they may be like, yeah, I'm looking for this. Like you happen to have any hospitality deals? Yeah. I just ran across this one. Um, so you just, you just never know. I think that's why like the networking is, is so key. Um, mm-hmm getting to know these big time uh, investors because or brokers because they may again open the doors to um, potential buyers um, on the on this deal so um, I think it's also getting to uh, understanding their criteria as well like again with like wholesaling uh, certain buyers only pay uh, maybe only buy single family homes not multifamily or they only mm-hmm. buy lots um, because they only they're they're builders uh, so it's um, it's also understanding like who your buyer is um, and knowing what their criteria is so you know like okay this person you know why would you waste their time and, and send a hospitality person um, a multifamily property right like, that wouldn't make exactly. Sense. exactly so it's um, I, I think that's really key in showing that you care and that you pay attention you're not just sending whatever deal there's sort of a process um, mm-hmm. in that and having a list of um, of buyers. And I, I know from the family office that you work with, they're all on net on net network. Like mm-hmm. that's, the, that's, that's it. There's no, they don't market. They don't spend any money on marketing. It's all mm-hmm. on relationships, which is really, is. really cool. I don't know if that's pretty common in family offices. Um, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, it's funny because, you know, this falls into like the networking part of it. The last the kind of the last tip is, you know, kind of network with brokers and network with investors. But <clears throat> it's funny because I was able to find another family office that is new um, within the space that is looking to invest in like office and industrial. Right. And they have a certain criteria because that they want to be super uh, niche. So, um, cause they don't want to go into multifamily cause they don't know the right sauce for that, for their investments, right. For a return. And, um, <clears throat> so that's why they, they want to focus on just office buildings and then, um, industrial, but I've got that through a broker because the broker, you have to understand some of these brokers are buyers agents, right? Buyer for broken like investors some of these brokers are have properties and deals and not this is you know i'm not saying that all brokers that have a lot of buyers don't get deals too they get deal flow sent to them as well but Mm -hmm. it not it may not fit their buyers criteria so that's why they shop they may shop that around to find you know network with you because you may have a smaller investor that don't doesn't get that type of opportunities and um then you're able to expose you know your group of investors to a whole new opportunity that they didn't think they could get involved in right so and that just builds value uh, that you can bring to you know other investors adding value uh finding where uh what what they need and listening to uh, what they're needing. Cause it takes a lot of effort to find deals. Um, that's why it's like, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. There's enough, um, money in the pot for anybody, uh, to, to, to get, um, so if you're listening and you're reaching out and you're like, understand, uh, it shows that you care and it like shows like, you know, that you, you can add value to them when be like, Hey, I, this ran across my desk and I thought of you, um, 
mm-hmm. based off our conversation, you know, let me know what you think. And sometimes it works. Sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just not the right time. But I think, I think that's really important to, um, to just find ways to add value, not even consider mm-hmm. like, uh, your own benefit, but just mm-hmm. showing that and that, that goes a long way. Uh, you know, I'm assuming with your relationship with that new family office or with that broker, um, is like showing that you care, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so it makes them want to work with you, uh, on more deals. Uh, right. cause a lot of people just, you know, tend to burn bridges, uh, or, you know, just kind of one, mm-hmm. one deal, like instant gratification, right? It's all about the right. long game. Uh, mm-hmm. We keep talking about that. I feel like I've said that word <laughs> lots of times, <laughs> uh, but it's true. Like, you know, um, no matter what strategy you're using, wholesaling, fix and flipping, real estate development, um, you know, you, you want to keep these relationships as long as possible, as long as of course, like it fits within your values and, um, you know, you feel like, you know, you have a really good relationship. So um, I think that's good to, to consider uh, with any deal, uh, whether you stick in single family, multifamily, mm-hmm. like whatever it is. Uh, the, I think the other point that I kind of want to bring up is, is that not all brokers are going to be open to networking with you. Like right. they're going, you know, they'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. And, you know, as soon as you put an offer in, you know, all of a sudden they, they, they're your friends, right? Then, <laughs> right. You know, so you know, some people are not going to be open to you being new to the industry. And that just comes with the territory. You just got to keep it moving. Um, But, you know, as much as you do network, then people are going to start seeing you at different events that they are doing. So they're going to know that you're serious about, you know, uh, being in this industry, even though you told them that you're new, right? So Mm -hmm. that would mean networking with, um, you know, nonprofits that focus on commercial real estate or uh, nonprofits or uh, community, uh, you know, organizations that focus on affordable housing. Right. Right. And, and so just networking with those type of community leaders to uh, get you more exposure on how you can bring value to maybe that through some of your investor relationships. Right. Yeah. So I th- I that's think. A good point. Yeah. So I think you know not just think about oh going after brokers or networking with brokers or networking with investors. It's networking with people that are actually making a difference in your community. Right? And what you're and, passionate about. I think that yeah. you bring up a really good point because it's like it's also goes down to your integrity and your values. Like you know I'm not gonna right. want to maybe get into um, those investors that you know buy land for um you know for for meat animal meat or you know I me mean? like i, I can't right. think meat markets or i don't know what the specific industry is right. or or buys land <clears throat> for hunting animals like you know i i have a love for animals and i wouldn't want to that's where like my integrity mm. wouldn't want to be involved with that so i think it's a good point of like going back to what your goals are and like what where you see yourself in real estate if it's just multifamily like you know network with like-minded multifamily uh, investors or brokers that are, you know, doing really, really well. Um, but it's, 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 it's just identifying your passion and following it. There's ways, there's plenty of ways where you can make money and help people. And that's kind of like the direction I want to um, lean towards is like making a difference. I mean, I have lots of nonprofit experience. My current nine to five, um, we build uh fundraising software for small nonprofits because mm. again they're out in the on the on the streets making a difference but a lot of times they don't have time to like fundraise and and, and uh, raise money um so we help help uh help them with that so it's it's any anything that i've always like been a part of it's always like helping others and um i don't see why real estate um can't do the same there's plenty right. of people making a difference and um making money that that helps too you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely and that's the other thing is that i don't want to skip over the money part of it um of course we're not in it for the money or maybe yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's great to be passionate and great to have some passion about you know getting into commercial real estate but a lot of times a lot of people see the bigger opportunity with how much money they can make through commercial real estate. And, you know, we're talking, 
you know, closer to, you know, six figures on just one deal, right? Or even right. more, or like more. it could be a million dollars that you get um, uh, just off of your piece and your contribution to a multi-million dollar deal, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe doing two or three uh, deals like this a year sets you up for You're the good. rest of the year, right? Yeah. So that's why uh, there's some a lot of maybe draw to commercial real estate because what I've seen in my experience is a lot of the things that we concentrate on, like on the retail side, you know, and as much, much work that we put in is the same as mm. doing a bigger deal on a commercial side. Right. right so, right. Um, so it's, it's just what, where do you want to put your efforts and energy into um and learn, you know, and that's my, my focus was getting into real estate, learning how to get in real estate, but also I already knew I wanted to get into multifamily and then commercial side right. too. So I already had that kind of roadmap going into it. Um, so my, uh, you know, direction hasn't changed and I'm just kind of diving in um, to that aspect, but I'm still focusing on residential and growing that side of the business as well. Right. I mean, that's where like wholesaling is kind of your foundation or is, mm -hmm. is will be our foundation uh, for me, too, because I'm a solar solo entrepreneur. Um, I don't have a VAs, but my goal is like, hey, let me close one or two wholesaling deals. I, I already have a nine to five that works for me. I'm gradually. But I think for more for us, we focus more on the quality instead of the mm -hmm. quantity. We do we close like 20 deals a month. And uh you know, just by us closing two deals a year, we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I know other multifamily investors that are, um, yeah, investors who maybe close one or maybe two deals. If you just focus on one really, really good deal where it's like you're set, like, mm -hmm. wh why, why, why would you need to do more? Um, right. I mean, right. of course you want to do more, but like once you get your process down, but that's where, you know, your time is your, the committed time that you're uh, allowing yourself is, is going towards, um, is more intentional. It's not mm -hmm. just kind of, and of course, not to say people closing 20 deals, like they have a process, right? Um, right. Of course they're closing 20 deals plus a month. Um, but there's different ways to do it. We're, we're just saying you don't have to go one route just because one person is doing this. Um, Absolutely. If, if, you know, if you have a good process, like, you know, definitely follow that. But for us, it's time. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, uh, you know, a little bit older. So mm -hmm. it's like, we don't want to spend all our time, like, you know, closing these deals where we could be using that time to close one really, really good deal, um, and, and be good. Uh, so right. I, I think it just depends on like where you're at, it, it, you know, whether it's like your age or like where you're at in your life and kind of what works for you. Um, but mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it, it varies. Yeah. And I think that's a hundred percent is that like it, it does, it does vary. And, um, you know, the one thing is, is that, you know, you do, you know, maybe hard work for 60 days and then, you know, you get a return that could be a salary for someone that made is making that for, you know, the whole year and they're right. working like nonstop just to do that. But, you know, like the quantity and that's something i don't know i think we you know here in california it is really about the quantity because it's really hard to find sometimes that really good deal right? right and so that's why you know we focus on that and we try to you know get you know bigger spreads at at, at a you know low kind of a lower volume um mm -hmm. you know with our especially on our you know um residential side you know on the wholesaling side right and it's easy to do on the commercial side because most of those deals if you think about it like a forty thousand square foot um you know um warehouse building is gonna go for maybe 10 million to and up depending on where the where that location is right, right. so um yeah, it, and then you get maybe let's say I'm just throwing numbers out there. Let's say three percent of that, you know, twelve million or something like that. So, so it's uh, it's definitely some could it's be some life. Mindset. Yeah, yeah, it could be life changing um, 
opportunities for you, right? So, um, you know, just kind of just be open to that. And, you know, we're not saying, you know, dive into that, you know, do, do it, concentrate on what you think is going to be best for you in your situation. Right. And what you're you know? good at too. Um, and it may just be that you just kind of stumble upon commercial real estate. You, you meet somebody who kind of <clears throat> introduces you to um, new opportunities. Uh, that's, that's always possible, but you know, just do what you're passionate about if mm. it's like, and, and like we said, niching down. Mm -hmm. So if people are like, I'm just going to focus on wholesaling or just buying or just fix and flipping single family homes. then you know, if that makes you happy, if you have a good process down, like that's, that's great. Um, so, I mean, just, we've been talking about it, like just kind of follow your, your passion uh, and what, what works for you. But yeah, of course, I mean, not to say like the money portion didn't get me what wasn't, <laughs> uh, you know, get me interested in, in commercial real estate. It definitely, definitely did raise some eyebrows of like, wait, mm -hmm. what you can make, you can make this much and put in the same amount of effort. Uh, but it's not that easy either. You have to kind of no. put, be in the, the right rooms um, with the right people and the people have to trust you too. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you're starting out, you have to like kind of prove yourself mm -hmm. um, in, in those, in, in that respect. But I mean, the opportunities are, yeah, endless. Yeah. And the, the key thing that we talk about, you know, in our business on the family office size is time, right? Yeah. Time, time and quality of uh, time is very important because we don't want any kind of buyer or seller to waste our time because we have quality, quality relationships with people, right? So if mm -hmm. it's a new, let's say seller, right? We're kind of going through this right now. But a new seller and, um, and a, let's say a new buyer, right? We want to cultivate the buyer um, and take care of the buyer as much as we can because we right. are building a new um, investment um, opportunity on other possible um, industrial right. deals, the, right? Talking right. about long-term relationships. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, you know, if we have to push back on the seller and, you know, there, it, it, it's a lot of game, right? They're, they're trying to get as much as they can out of the deal and then protect them, let's say, as tenants, mm -hmm. um, you know, within the deal. But as, a, as the investor and landlord, they're trying to be protected as a landlord, right? So it, it's definitely, you know, you need to be on uh, the side of, let's say, if it's a new investor, the new investor coming in and doing the deal, but be compassionate and understanding on the seller side, um, but firm that you, you know, these are the requirements. If it's not a requirement, it's not, not going to be a deal, right? right. So there's going to be a lot of bending, um, you know, and compromise, but at the same time, you know, keep that in mind if you're working with two new type of uh, sellers and buyers. But if the relationship is already there, uh, the the deal is usually kind of seamless right and right. um you know it, it a deal can fall apart even if you have the relationship because right. maybe the financials aren't good or that you know we we might have missed something in um in, on the management side let's say it's a hospitality or something like that so it, it anything can happen but it's usually s seamless when you know both parties Right. It's, 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 you're building trust, um, mm -hmm. with, within these people. And sometimes, yeah, like you said, a deal is, isn't a deal. Um, but the main thing I've kind of learned too, is like, it's, it's your mindset. Um, you know, a lot of people, and you know, not, not to blame him, like everybody has different backgrounds and, you know, come through, come from all walks of life. Um, so sometimes you go in with the short sighted, you know, uh, wins or just have that short sight of, what, what could happen instead of the long-term gain, like we talked about. Um, so it's really important to have that bird's eye view of like, of the relationships that you're building and not burn bridges. Cause, um, reputation is everything in real estate, especially I'm assuming like going into like the bigger deals. And if you're mm -hmm. known to be shady or, you know, like, Hey, cut, cutting corners or, 
whatever it is, like people aren't going, going to want to work with you. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really mm -hmm. important when you're cold, I would, you know, and just in, with anybody, any sort of creating any sort of relationship that you're being considerate, uh, respectful, um, and, you know, earning, you know, that trust, earning that mm -hmm. relationship, because again, they're, they're, if you're able to earn the relationship and earn the trust, they're going to want to work with you and maybe bring on bigger deals. Cause maybe mm -hmm. the first deal may be a feeler, you know, yeah, um, yeah. where they're seeing like, okay, how do we work? It's like, it's like dating, right? It's like, Oh, let's, mm -hmm. let's go on a few dates, um, see how it goes. And then sometimes, you know, maybe the values clash is just, it's just not the right fit. Uh, and, and it's only worth for one deal. And then it's like, okay, yeah, you know, it, it didn't work out or like, Hey, I can see us work. We worked really well together. Let's continue that, um, and go from there. So you can honestly, we we've been saying that, but you can apply that to anything, any mm -hmm. industry. Um, but I think, um, not going in with just this hindsight of money, um, mm -hmm. going in with like, Hey, I'm really building these relationships, um, uh, making a difference. Uh, cause you know, I think both you and I've talked about like, we want to have that influence, um, mm -hmm. that power of, um, of having, of having wealth is you have influence over things that you're passionate about. So if there's laws coming in and we have like, you know, the, the funds we can like, you know, if it's something we're really passionate about, we can make a difference, uh, mm -hmm. with that. So, uh, I love commercial real estate. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, closing my first deal in commercial mm -hmm. real estate. Um, I think it's a really great, opportunity um to really push yourself uh right to like yeah definitely new, you know new opportunities and <clears throat> learning something new and there's always you know something like you, you've learned like put being thrown in the fire that's usually where mm -hmm. you learn the most mm -hmm. and it, it's 100 percent. and you know i think i'm really excited for you to come down to la and and um you know get you in also in these rooms and conversations as well too because I think um, as I build my network, you know, I can, you know, pass people your way or you can you you can network is alongside of me, too. So right. I think that that's going to be huge, you know, when you come down to SoCal. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be really, really great. Uh, and just showing like what our strengths are and where we can mm -hmm. add value. That's really it. I'm not just yeah. there, like, you know, for, for the money. Cause you know, these deals can be kind of hard. So something you have to bring on 100%. other people to like help you out. Like, Hey, these are your strengths. I really need somebody that, you know, has, mm -hmm. the, has these strengths. So like, you know, um, so there's never, don't ever think like, I'm not, you know, um, I don't know enough or I'm not good enough to get into no. these deals because you, you never know, like you never somebody know. always may need s somebody with your skill set. Um, and so don't, don't cut you. That's where like, you know, the mindset comes in. So don't cut yourself short in, in terms of opportunities or what your, what your potential is. Uh, I think right. that's the biggest thing. Like don't be intimidated, uh, with commercial real, uh, real estate or, you know, any other strategy, like just kind of go after it, support yourself or surround yourself with people that have done it and have your back. Uh, and you should be good. Like, you know, you're, of course yeah. you're going to fail. You're going to learn a lot, but that's like with everything, right? Or yeah, anything yeah. That's like. with everything. Yeah. yeah. And, um, that's a good point. It's just, you know, to just, you know, kind of go for it and don't be afraid of these larger opportunities. And, um, you know, I don't want the mindset of, how am I going to do like a $50 million deal? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, just it's, like, you can't do it by yourself. No, like nobody no. can. Yeah. Maybe and I, it may take you longer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, you, as we are here, you know, to uh, express and teach you and give you tips and strategies and stuff like that, I think we're, we're also a resource, like, you know, tap in with us, you know, yeah, uh, contact us through uh, social media, DM us or, you know, email us or whatever. And we'll, you know, we'll respond and we'll try to help you out as much as we can. So as we build this community of, of people that are listening and watching that, you know, we also want to be a resource of, you know, bringing you guys value to help you guys out on different types of deals. Right. And, you know, if we're, we can help you out, we're, we're more than welcome to do that and happy to do that. And, you know, see you close deals, you know. Um, Absolutely. you know, of these, of this size. So, 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, as we close out, uh, like Tim said, definitely reach out to us, whether it's on IG, I'm at, at Real Estate Gladia, Tim at Mr. Tim REI, or at our on our Get the Bag podcast, IG at Get underscore the Bag podcast. Uh, we have our contact information, I believe, in the show notes. Just reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to connect uh, and help you out, especially if you're kind of new and are curious about commercial real estate. That is something that... Um, you know, we, we, especially if you're maybe in the SoCal, I'm going to be moving down there uh, very mm -hmm. soon. Uh, happy to network and, you know, meet up for coffee, wh whatever the case may be. Um, always happy to learn uh, from, from others. So uh, should be, should be really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Can't wait for, yeah. for that for sure. Yeah. It'll be great. Uh, but cool. Um, yeah. As we wrap this mm. up, Show, uh, you know, appreciate you guys, uh, you know, uh, who are listening, uh, feel free to comment, uh, and subscribe, hit the reminders, like us, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, next week should be a really great show. We should be back on schedule, uh, mm -hmm. next week. I think in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll ha we have a, a guest, um, but hopefully in the next couple months, maybe we can do a show live down in, yeah. um, SoCal. That'd be dope. I would love that. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we're, we are working on a real estate, um, specifically real estate wholesaling course. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but that's something that's, that's in the works and we're hoping to wrap up soon, um, uh, to just kind of provide value. Maybe we'll do like a webinar or something, but, um, appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, have a great rest of your day, have a great weekend and we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Yep. See ya. Later. See ya. <laughs>